Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 22-10. This is the end of season 22. <laughs> we, I like to call it the seasons, like there's the seasons of the show. Like, like we're going to like take a hiatus, but we, no, we're going to do this every week. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we listen to wonderful the best video game music that we can find based on the topic that we chose or that you chose or something like that. And and we listen to it and we chat about it and why we like it and why we like to do these things. So there you go. We goof off yeah. like the best goofer of offers we can possibly <laughs> be. We're going for the title, folks. Yeah, we have we're we're going for the championship belt of goofing off. <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. So um, um, so you've, you've, you've completed La Mulana in absolute nightmare mode. So you are our masochist. You're uh, on the Mount Rushmore of uh, video game masochists. Masochist de Janeiro. Yeah. Though, I will say this though. I didn't complete Hell Temple because even I am not that insane. Though mm. so I have considered going back and trying it, but that level is really built to just to make you hate yourself <laughs> in such a way. Like... I don't even know how to explain Hell Temple to people who haven't played the game, but mm. just to say that it is probably the hardest platforming challenge I've ever done outside of, like, Kaizo Mario. Oh, so. wow. Uh, and with La Mulana physics, screw that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. Those physics are horrendous. Um, I started um, uh, to this, this a little bit last weekend, and actually a little bit this, this, this morning. I got a little bit into Street Fighter V again. I'm starting to get some wins, which always feels good, because when I re-downloaded the game, I stayed in my current league which is annoying because mm-hmm. if I ha- if you don't play for like a year, but then you go right back to the same like um, uh, difficulty level of like opponents, <laughs> you're like crap. I don't remember how I got that good again. So that felt good. <laughs> um, I'm finally leveling up in um, uh, DDR or ITG, so I'm starting to break into the 14 blocks. Um, uh, so 14s in DDR world is an is like a nine. And so this is, uh, I guess this would be 14s and ITG is like, I don't know, like an 18. By the, by the way, that just made me realize the fact that there's not a, a platformer game called DDR World is an abomination. That, that, that is a crime against gaming. <laughs> well, there's um, there's a whole, because a lot of people are playing at home now, there's a lot of um, a tournament stuff going on. There's a technical tournament online. There's a stamina tournament online. And right now there's a new... Um, uh, tournament being uh, uh, it's got started called Rise and Grind where you um, they pick three songs a day and every morning you get up and just try to do your best on them <laughs> do you have to do you have to shred cheese or you know like yeah grind on them no you peppercorns as you wait you do those three songs and you just play them over and over and over and over and over again until you, until you get your best scores interesting yeah I can and appreciate that everything stays under a 13 though because up to 14 I'm barely passing and my legs hurt and it's real hard. So, but I'm I'm doing a lot of that because I, I <laughs> I've like I'm stopping running just to get better at this damn game. So, and there you, you go. You're quitting one exercise to improve at another. Yeah, I, I might get back just because like I miss being outdoors. But because I'm playing in my basement, <laughs> I may have the window open, but it's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> not the same at all. All right. So um, let's talk about this week's topic. I forget. Hopefully we remembered and got the same topic. Okay, we are talking about Latin music. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So, Woo! so we are going um, from like kind of the, the very general definition, which is uh, like a catch-all 
kind of term for Spanish, Portuguese speaking areas from all around the world. So and for the record, just yeah. a, just a disclaimer for the star of the show. Yeah. We just chose tracks that we think hit the notes. If yeah. you do technically feel as though we didn't pretty much nail it down on one or all of our tracks, hey, that's totally gravy. Right. But my, by my, all means, feel free to let us know, but don't we're not going for the uh we're not going for the scholarly role here on like this is Latin. <laughs> no, now that's what I call Latin music. But no. <laughs> ninety nine. So, so yeah, so anything that's like uh, uh, from Spain, from Brazil, like those kinds of like I'm thinking like guitars and castanets and that kind of vibe. Um, so it's gonna get it's gonna get kind of romantic in here. I think I think we're gonna get a lot of a lot of really good stuff. Um, I don't know if I'm going that far. Mine's going to be more like, hey, who wants to dance and drink Cheeto mix? Yeah, there's a lot of like really good party music. Um, there's a lot of... Okay, anyway, I'm going to start with a really obvious pick, and that's going to be Vega's theme. From... <laughs> yeah, right, of course. But I'm going to pick the... Um, this is from Super Street Fighter 4. This is uh, composed by Yoko Shimomura, and it is arranged by Hideyuki Fukasawa. listening to Vega's theme um, arranged for Super Street Fighter 4. This came out on uh, the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, and the PC. It is composed by Yoko Shimomura and arranged by Hideyuki Fukasawa, who, who did all the arrangements for the um, classic themes, and I think a lot of, most of, almost or if all of the original music for Street, Street Fighter 4. And um, he, I believe he also did uh, the original music for Street Fighter 5 as well, so it's I love, I absolutely love the way he captured like the classic sound of the track with the classic instrumentation, but then kind of like jazzed it up with those electronic drums and bass. It's really good. Really, really good. Yeah, I was feeling the fire on that. It's funny too, because you you clearly stated the name of the game it was from, mm. but I just thought, I was just thinking, that's Street Fighter 2. 
So oh, yeah. I didn't hear which Street Fighter it was. Oh. So I was expecting the Street Fighter 2 Vega theme. It's and good, like, yeah. whoa, this is not that. This is fireful. Yeah, the original. I mean, the original is good. The original is a lot of fun, but this has got like it's got so much more like emotion, like building up and, and kind of like kind of gradually coming down. Then it builds up, and the track it really builds with those hand claps and those, mm-hmm. and those like castanet kind of clicky um, uh, um, uh, percussive sounds. It's really cool, really really cool. Picture the Street Fighter match kicking off, and the music playing. It's like, what are we fighting for? Why don't we just hang out and yeah. dance a little while? Ve- Vega is like one of like I never got into playing as Vega. Or um, uh, or Balrog or Claw as people call him, um, and I just it just his, his playstyle never really like like I never really jived with it because his jumping was always really triangular, um, kind of his reach was weird. And then in Street Fighter Four, would they introduce the idea where he could fight with him without the claw? Um, well, I thought he could always fight without the claw. It was just he had to have it knocked out of his hand. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Street Fighter Five. Street Fighter Five, if it's knocked out of his hand, he can actually pull, he can actually take it away, and he has different move sets. Oh. That is different. There's yeah, like two different characters there. Yeah, there's a bunch of characters that can that can do that, and I never play as them because it's too much for me to remember. <laughs> I'm like, screw yeah, it. Yeah. It's too much. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's he's, he looks really cool. But I, I like him a lot. Like um, like I like his style. Like like the the character Vega because he's super um, obsessed with his image, so he wears a mask to protect his face. And I think that's really cool. I think he's. Just, I didn't even realize that until the oh, Street Fighter animated movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because in the movie he made a really big deal about his face getting scarred. And he's like, ah! Yeah, he like yeah he's like super, super obsessed with it. Um, and also in Street Fighter Five, they brought back the classic stage with like, like in Street Fighter Two, there was like a he fought like in a restaurant with like a big fence. And, like, oh, it was he, a cage match. Oh, cage. Yeah, it was a cage. And like you, you do his like flying move, he would jump up. And hang on the cage and then jump off, and then uh, Street Fighter Five, I believe, I believe they brought that back. That well, or only on there. a specific stage, I assume. All on that stage, um, and it's also because the, the the gate, the cage gate, is too close to the camera. It's very hard to kind of read what's happening on the screen. Mm. Like if you took a still picture of it, it looks great, but if you play, I like, actually play it animated, it's really hard. So that that stage is all, almost always um, uh, illegal in tournaments. Oh yeah, I don't know. Or or Vega, he had a whole thing going there, and he yeah. just took it from him. <laughs> it's a little, little little Street Fighter trivia for you, but no, that's kind of a cool way to kick off kick off the show. I can pray. It surprised me. Yeah, I I came expecting two, and what I got was five. <laughs> that's three more. No, it's four. I got I give you four. My math is terrible. <laughs> yeah, work on that math. I know it's it's such a powerful tool. I mean, when it gets abused, it. It's horrible. We, you shouldn't abuse man. <laughs> it's a dangerous game. Um, all right. So what's your what's your first pick going to be? Because I, I don't have any of your any of your picks in front of me, so I'm really curious as to as to what you came up with. Well, my first one's going to be blatantly obvious, mm. being me. So I'm just going to shout it. Um, this is from the game Pump It Up, and ah. the track is titled Orosa, and oh. it's composed by the stalwart Pump It Up composer Banya. I don't know who the heck Banya actually is. I should probably look that up one day, but not today. Not it's not Nova Sonic. Not Nova Sonic. <laughs> Nova Sonic was an actual band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Banya might be too. Um, I know some one of the a few of the classic Pump It Up um, artists were like really early in the K-pop scene. So um, I'm gonna do a little research while the track plays. So look up. Over- Look up the full version of it too, because I think there are two of them on the YouTube tubes. All right, you want to listen to the full version? 
Yes. All right, let's do it. Listening to Orosa from the game Pump It Up, just the series in general. I don't remember which game it originally appeared in, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, composed by in-house team Banya, which when I was younger, I used to just kind of joke about. I was like, Banya does so much work. <laughs> he made so many songs for this game. I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I always, I've always enjoyed playing this song ever since I first started playing Pump way back in like 2000. Like, it's just a great song. So, um, Obrosa first came out in, um, it's called uh, Pump It Up, the OBG Season Evolution. That makes sense, because that was like the second version of the game or so. Uh, it was really early. It is the fourth version of the game, somehow. My uh, math! <laughs> I know, well, I mean, there was, we didn't get all of these in America, so that, that's why. Um, and then it was re-released into Pump It Up Exceed, and then everything else after that. So, so uh, Banya is the um, is the the in-house band for Andamira, which is the South Korean company who produces Pump It Up, um, and um, they would make all of the weird, not the weird, but like the, the cool, um, not the weird, but the cool uh, techno remixes and, and like heavy metal remixes of classical music mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of classical tracks throughout there that 
honestly, I already was familiar with classical in general, but uh, a lot of classical tracks I became a fan of because of playing Pump It Up, mm. which is weird. Like, wait a minute, I recognize this song, but now I'm dancing to it, so now I gotta do it in my car. So, you know, like that kind of thing. So, ones, ones that you might remember, Pernell, is uh, Solitary. Some, oh, yes. They did Solitary. Um, they did Turkey March, which is Mozart's Rondo a la Turca. Mm. They did um, First Love, which is based on Ace of Base, All She, All That She Wants, which makes sense now. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Larpus, which was like um, Wipeout. Oh, me and my, Anthony and I used to get down with Mr. Larpus. And that then, song is hard as the yeah. dickens. And then in Perfect Collection, they made Beethoven's Virus, which is um, just all that we played. All the time. <laughs> that song was really hard on doubles. It broke me. I know. I, I could never get like the, the... This game on doubles is stupid hard. Like stupid, stupid hard. Um, on the last Awesome Games Done Quick, where they it was pretty much like everyone playing in their own homes, they showed a guy called... Um, oh, shoot. What was his name? I forget, but he's, he's, a, he's like one of the big rhythm game Twitch streamers. And he owns a Pump It Up machine. And he, he plays everything like on the hardest level on doubles. And he did a whole... Like kind of um, uh, uh, just a demonstration, and so if you want to see it, it's it's crazy. Good look for pump it up on AGDQ. That sounds like hell mode and a half there, because I he's so I, good. He's so I, good. He talks about it the whole time, like as he's playing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, his name is his name is a Happy Feats. Oh, they give him the lowdown beat. <laughs> He'll start dancing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because like I like, when I was at my prime at round going to like the round ones. Um, I was getting into the doubles more because mm. you get more of a burn from doubles. Yeah. And I was getting to the point where I wasn't able to do like four splits and crazy crap like that, <laughs> but I was doing constant streams, which is like rank yeah. level 14 songs where you're just like constantly moving all over the place. Yeah. The, um, and it, later, later on, they, they have you hold down like four or five at a time with your feet, which is almost impossible to do on an arcade pad because they never make them um, sensitive enough. So, oh, yeah. so it's, it works on his home machine because he can actually, you know, tweak the sensors. Mo- yeah, med- modify it as he wants to go. All right, so my next track comes from the game. Um, it's an early 2000s game called Sid Meier's Pirates! Exclamation point. Um, and this is for the PC, composed by Mark Cromer and Michael Curran. And this track is the Port of Spain. And there's a there's a theme song for every port that you can go to. And this is the Port of Spain. Thank you. 
You're listening to The Port of Spain from Sid Meier's Pirates for the PC, composed by Mark Cromer and Michael Curran. And Those wily pirates. <laughs> Those wily pirates. Uh, so, yeah, I love this because this is very much like on the on the classical, on the, yeah, definitely, obviously on the classical guitar side of things, but exclusively on the classical guitar side of things. Yeah, I, I love the sound of that guitar. It's, it's beautiful. It's, um, I'd love to hear them try to play this on a hurdy-gurdy. On a hurdy-gurdy. Um, it's, it's just like all the strumming. You can hear every string. Um, there's a lot of like technical ability. Um, it, it's, it's really, really cool. There's, there's actually a, a guitar duo online called the Super Guitar Brothers that do a lot of covers and medleys of, of game songs and, and, uh, and songs from movies, too. And um, it's it's a lot not like this, but it is definitely classical guitar, and it's so good. It's so so good. Mm. I would, I would, I just think it's interesting that this is actually in pirates. But at the same time, I'm sure when it was, I'm sure if you hear it in the game, it probably has a way of just fitting just right, like a glove, like a Latin glove. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I never, I never played pirates, but it's definitely a Sid Meier like kind of style. Uh, not like simulation, but adventure. A Sid Meier joint. Adventure game to Sid Meier joint. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. Pirates, oh a Sid Meier joint. <laughs> yeah, I've never played that either. In fact, up until Civilization, I don't think I've ever really played a, a Sid Meier game. Oh, no? No, like, now I'm trying to figure out... Was there, like, a game that had, like, a name in front of like, me? I'm looking it up right now to make sure I got it right. Sid Meier's Terraforming or something. That sounds right. Yeah, that does sound right. I was right. That is a game. It does exist. But it was longer than that. Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri terraforming. Okay. It's done yeah, by a terraforming. Right, right, right. It's such a weird thing. Railroad Tycoon, that was a fun one. Um, Never played that one. It. Sid Meier. He's in the thick of it, too. Like, yeah, all the Civ games, all the Civilization games. I oh, mean, we used to play Civilization 1 all the time in junior high. When did that come out? That was in, in such. Yeah, 1991. Oh, wow. I actually did buy the sixth game to support my friend's studio, but just never got around to just sitting down and saying, time to figure this game out. Um, I bought it for the Switch on a buy-to-get-one sale, because that's how Pernell rolls. There you go. Um, I, I, I bought it to support my friend, so I got it deeply on sale. Nah, it still supports him. The store is trying to move the product. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just joking. I'm just I'm just joshing you, Pernell. No, you weren't. Yes, you was. were guilty, man. Yeah, I get yeah, this guy I did it. I, I yeah, I did it. Confused with the guy who made the <laughs> the Sims. That's um, uh, Will that's Wright. That's Meyer Sid. That's Will, Oscar Meyer. Oscar Meyer. No, that's Will Wright. Uh, so Will, Will Wright actually has a um, an online class on that that um, that online service called Masterclass. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. That sounds like a TV show subtitle. It's like online learning, except that you have like Gordon Ramsay doing cooking, and you got like um, all these like. Uh, uh, um, Natalie Portman teaches acting, like that kind of stuff. But they actually have one for game design with um, almost a Sid Meier again. No, Will Will Wright, which is really cool. So Will Meyer. Yeah, I'm thinking about trying that pretty soon just to see, get some ideas. Sid Wright. Sid Wright. You know that? If you mash those two together, the Sims. You get the mayor from Sim City. <laughs> you can, you would be the mayor from Sim City trying to keep your civilization together. That's right. <laughs> Right. I'd play it. I'd ship it. Or would I? Yeah, I'd ship. I'd ship. ship. She'd ship those too. Oh yeah. I guess I need to play more games like that. To be honest with you, they are more. 
I've never seen you play like a sim like style game. It's just funny because like they're mm. you would think they'd be up my alley. Yeah. I just don't start them because I still find myself wanting more action mm-hmm. or. No, in some cases, sense. like with the, the old SimCity games, I would always get overwhelmed when it was time to start building highways. Like, I would have this cool bird, <laughs> yeah. and then I would always end up with, like, traffic congestion. That was, like, always one of my biggest issues that I would get, and I never could figure out how to fix it. Like, I didn't know. I would always think <laughs> traffic congestion, well, clearly the solution is to build more roads. <laughs> no, no, which what we need is a game where, like, you don't, you don't make the traffic in the town. What you do is you live in the town, and you give people directions. <laughs> oh, I'm the guy who has to keep people from getting lost. Yeah, yeah, because that is you in real life, so that's perfect. For the record, that's worth mentioning, by the way. <laughs> we were playing freaking um, we were playing uh, Jackbox last night. Yeah, and what was the? It was dependable. Was the trailer a, a mini game called Roll Balls, where the game kind of yeah. tries to pitch a hole you into like roll traits, mm-hmm. and there was a co- competition between I think it was you and me actually. Who was more dependable. dependable, but the question that got asked to determine who was more dependable was, was something akin to, like, who would you trust to, like, guide you to, from point A to point B or something like that? Yeah, but, but like, in a sewer. Yeah, it was in a sewer, yeah. It guides you through a sewer. Yeah. And I'm like, well, clearly the answer is obvious here. And people were like, Rob, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, uh, I would be guiding Rob through the sewer. That's what I said. I was like, Purnell's got a way better sense of direction. Like, given, like, the years of our friendship, how often I've gotten lost and you saved my butt. Um, but if, but uh, Daryl said, like, no, if you're in the sewer, you would knock your head all the time on the ceiling. Then he mentioned that I would fight, the mo- I would fight a bunch of monsters. And I'm like, well, first of all, which sewer has monsters? <laughs> and two... If it were me, I'd be fighting the monsters because I want all the EXP for myself. <laughs> I'd leave you with a set of directions to get out on your own. <laughs> so oh. even still, you'd be like, "Pernell, what are you doing?" Although well, the next, the next set of questions was about Ninja Turtles, except that we all called you Michelangelo, and like that was like end of story. You're Michelangelo. Hey, of all the turtles and all the people that were in the group, I think Michelangelo was the fit. Like I yeah. love Donatello, but there was a smarter person in the group. I like Leonardo. Yeah, but- I, think I was Leo in the end. Yeah, I think you've been more more of a Leonardo. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, Mike was April O'Neil. <laughs> our friend Mike was definitely April O'Neil, and then Daryl was Raphael. He's like, "Why would I be Raphael?" Like, well, you're clearly the smartass of the he group. He was so angry. He was so loud when he yelled that out. I thought I was laughing so hard. I was laughing like, so hard. The thing about it is, like, the turtles, the Ninja Turtles, trait wise, are very specific. Like they oh, yeah. wrote them to be obvious what their traits are. So if someone says you're ex-turtle, you know what. Like, you know what it represents. Mm. There's no one saying, why am I Donatello? Because clearly you're good on tightropes. Like, no, no one would say that. No one would say that. It's because he's the smart one. See, I'm, I'm Leonardo, but in the second live-action movie, because I have cool swords, but I would never use them. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing I found pretty funny about the cartoon. They had to make all the foot soldiers robots to justify yeah. all the attacks and violence they did. And then yeah. in the movies, they had weapons against the humans, but like you said, they would the bladed weapons never got used. Yeah, they were they were they weren't allowed to. The studio said you can use weapons to keep a certain rating and to, to have kids because they didn't want to encourage kids to to, to they didn't want to promote violence with the kids. So 
which makes sense, right? Right? You know, they're gonna have a movie. You got Vanilla Ice. You got Ninja Turtles. You can't like it have makes, it weapons. makes sense, but it yeah. doesn't. I almost like they should just gave Leonardo Boken and like, okay, well, Leo, where are your swords at? Oh, they're getting polished. <laughs> they're getting polished. Like, just give him a dumb reason to not have his swords better than just having swords that you don't use. Because if I'm fighting a horde of, like, angry people on the street, yeah. and I've got two katanas on my back, they're coming off! No, man, you pawned them for some uh, weird, disgusting-looking pizza. Not yeah, turtle shell polish. Turtle shell polish. Oh, the turtle wax. Had to look good for April! Were they into April? Was that a thing? Um... I seriously feel like there was a point where it was described that they were, like they were like they like they had like they had rivalries for in the sense of like mm. who's the most impressive turtle like basically like a teenager like teenagers would do you know yeah she's the yeah. only woman in their entire life in their entire lives mm-hmm. so it's like clearly they're going to get competitive like okay she likes me more no she likes me more you know so they've had that exchange on the cartoon and I think in one of the movies mm. but um. Yeah, but it's always like in a teenager goofball sense. Nothing crazy, thankfully. Because again, kids movie. Again, kids movie, and also family podcast. So that's right. Okay, what's your next track? So my next track comes from. All right, this actually is a surprising choice, but I was thinking about it today. I was like, this will be a perfect fit for this episode, whether because of the sound or because of the origin of the game. So hmm. okay, the game is titled Ninety Nine Vidas, and the track title is Beach Games. It's composed by Raphael Longori. Oh, sorry, Longoni Smith. Welcome back. <laughs> you are listening to Beach Games from the game 99 Vidas, composed by Raphael Longoni Smith. 
So this track, I don't know. I personally feel like it has Latin flavor. To I think it, it does. Yeah, it's definitely like a dancing, more more of a of a of a dance hall like Latin flair. Yes. Yeah. And it has a little bit of a double bonus score to it. So the composer and the group that it's actually based off of are also all Brazilian. Um, yes, the um, 99 Vidas is Portuguese for 99 lives. Mm, yeah. Nice. See, I didn't even know. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, Vidas is a word. I like it. it, it yeah, I'll listen to it. Um, but uh, so it's pretty cool that I was like, wait a minute. This is the perfect time to mm-hmm. reference this good game. Especially now, you know, with Streets of Rage 4, you know, blowing up and everybody's jumping on like, oh, I've been waiting so long for a good beat-em-up. Well, this is one of those games that cropped up during the beat-em-up drought, so to speak, that is actually fairly good and is worth your attention. So, like, my, I've, been, I've almost made it a mission to be like, okay, now that you've had your fill of Streets of Rage 4, don't vanish as if beat-em-ups have not been happening for the last 15 yeah. years or whatever. Oh, I know, right? Like here, yeah, like, there's a lot of other ones out there that are good. This is one of them. You should check it out. Um, and if you do check it out, you get to hear fantastic music like this one. Um, I don't think their gaming podcast is translated into English, but if it is and you find it, give that a listen to perhaps. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I am into this track. The, 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 the last little section, the melody section, is incredible. So oh, what the beep 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> No 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 the um um the little like keyboard solo where it's like it's anyway it's it's <laughs> we just <laughs> listen to it. It's, it's, a, it's incredible. It's I, I love the way this sounds. It has like a kind of a they use like some like old school sounds, but definitely in a definitely with some modern like 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 uh, engineering skills. You know, it's it's really cool. Is the game like all in like kind of an old school style? Yeah, it's a, it's a fairly traditional style of beat 'em up. You know, the characters can punch, they can jump, kick, yeah. And each one of them has a small boutique of special attacks they can pull off to get out of tough positions or tough jams. Like it, it does nothing new for the beat 'em up genre, but mm-hmm. that's okay because I feel like, and again, I think Streets of Rage Four was a prime exempt prime display of it. Is that people who really like beat 'em ups don't generally approach them for new content. They yeah, approach yeah. them for beloved, familiar concepts with a new coat of paint, mm. and that's what this game provides. I would say it's got a it's not, it's more like it's like a cross between it's like 16 bit. I would call it. I'm sure someone might go oh tackily for an analyst, not. But <laughs> the I get the visual feeling of it being like a nice cross between like it's like a 16 bit River City Ransom. So. You call it call it a fake bit. Fake bit. Oh, yeah. I like that. Fake yeah. bit. Yeah, people, um, um, uh, uh, chiptune purists would say that the music I make is fake bit because I'm not doing it on a Game Boy, you know, that kind of thing. Which okay. is, I, 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 some would say that that's, you know, kind of a, a, like a, like a diss against my music. I don't think so. You no, it's a, it's a style descriptive. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, it's meant to replicate the style of music, but it's not being done on the hardware. Yeah, like, the soul. The soul is there. The the intention is, is clear. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this, it's like a weird, like, kind of mashup, and I, I like the way it sounds. Especially, like, the, the, the percussive element. It's very um, uh, beepy without mm-hmm. sounding like, like Nintendo beepy. You know? It's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so my uh, last track is going to come from the game Sweet Coden 4 for the PlayStation 2. This track is called La Mer. 
And uh, I don't have the specific composer for this tune, but I have Masahiko Kimura, Michiru Yamane, and Norikazu Miyura. This is... The horse? Of, no, La Mer from Suikoden 4. That's good. That was a uh, La Mer from Suikoden 4 for the PlayStation 2, composed by Masahiko Kimura, Machiri Yamane, Norikazu Miura. Yes, that that's for me. That's the track to beat. <laughs> that's so amazing. Yeah, honestly, it had me moving, like moving wow. and grooving. So I don't think I'm beating it. Wow. To the point that I'm okay with that too, because that mean, was a jam. It's good, and then like it starts coming up like a notch, and then there's vocals and the like. There's kind of like uh, like choral elements start coming in. It's it's such like a Brazilian laid back tune with a little bit of a bump to it. I mean, this is a this is a this is a sexy tune. This is a sexy sexy tune. Yeah. I was doing the thing where you kind of like kind of bring your arms in close, but your hands are out, and you kind of like shake them like maracas. Like, oh. 
he like leaned forward and leaned back. Oh yeah. That was in it. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't I've never played the Sweet Coden series. I don't know the characters in Sweet Coden. And I, never, and I never played my version of 4 either, so I couldn't even provide context. Mm. I have I played 1, 2, and 3. I have 4, 5, and Tactics on my shelf right now. Mm. Again, never booted them up. I, I swear, this if this happens, I'll be I'll be flabbergasted. But I have seriously been considering not buying the next-gen mm. lineup of game consoles. At least not at launch. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. my backlog is ripped. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel like I just... Like I, the the rate I play games, there's so much to get into still that I'm just not going to jump on things right away. Yeah, almost not, like not that I ever had, but I'm really not going to. Like if I'm still doing reviews, that might be like the main incentive to do it because obviously you can't get coached for games for systems you don't own. Mm-hmm. But uh, with that aside, like when I was younger, it felt like all right, new system, gotta be on the cutting edge, gotta have it, gotta. Have you right, know? right, right. And of course, you get that general feeling of like you know, new, like fresh, new product that smells good and all. But as I get older and weirder, I feel like I'm <laughs> less. I don't feel the drive like that anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't need it. Like the Switch was an odd exception because right, it right. was like I'm a handheld guy, and this was like the finally someone said, "Let's take a handheld and home console and just make it the same system." Yeah, they no made, more of that two products thing. Yeah, like when that when that came out, I just knew like that was for you. You know, they made that system for you. Like they were they were slowly getting there with the Wii U. I mm-hmm. felt like the idea was there, but then they were like, "Let's make a console and a DS and like mash it up." Yep, because even with the Wii, yeah. there was like times where I was like, "Can I take this? Can I take the gamepad and just play it outside the yeah, house?" Exactly. Yeah. Um, so and they've hit the mark. Like everyone, everyone loves it. You know, it's got everything okay. everything you need on it. And even with like the weird like construction issues I'm starting to experience mm-hmm. now because the system's build is not perfect. It's got some problems. Yeah. Like people were like, yeah, this one sucks because it doesn't work. Like I still love it. I just want it to look better. Like I almost want to I almost want to send it in the Nintendo to do stuff with it, but I'm like, but then I won't have it. <laughs> and I use it all the time. So I'm yeah. just gonna deal with it. <laughs> oh man, when I was when I was younger, much, much younger, my, my Game Boy broke. My original Game Boy, the screen broke. And so I actually sent it back to Nintendo, and they repaired it and sent it back to me. Um, but and which oh, to me, in my mind, that was the most amazing thing that like the Nintendo cared enough about their products uh, to send it back to a kid. But mm-hmm. I, I almost didn't want to do it because like, but oh, it kind of works. I don't want to have to lose it for so long. But man, I, I wish I never got rid of that thing. Yeah, well, on the beautiful part is like it's not hard to get another one though. I'm sure it's not the same as the original physical one. product. Yeah, not that one that was all scratched up and it was weirdly brown and gray because it was so dirty. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I miss like, that thing. I still actually have my original Game Boy sitting here, and it's funny because if you boot it up now, it still works, mm-hmm. but the screen is kind of shifted. Like, almost like it lost some of the screen real estate or something just from mm-hmm. being how old it is. Yeah, I think the, uh, the LCD... Or not the LCD, but yeah, the uh, the uh, the, LC, uh, the LCD like whatever cells in the screen. Mm-hmm. I think they they start to die out over time. Um, I'm an electrician. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> the diodes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's a classic classic system. I was looking for some more um, classic uh, tunes, like classic uh, retro uh, tracks for the show, but. Uh, I almost went uh, El Viento, but I think I played all the El Viento tracks that I really love already, so um, I was just kind of branched out into some newer stuff this episode. In my case, I was just generally mm. challenged. Like, 
I feel like there's certain like genre or themes where if I didn't choose the theme because of that game going that far back, yeah. it becomes a lot harder. Like, or no, Latin themes, okay, from an 8-bit Nintendo game. Well, uh, <laughs> well, I know, let's I've been talk to do, about birds. I want to do like, I wanted to do like hip hop, but like from 8-bit and 16-bit generation. But like, I would need advance notice for that, but I could do it. I yeah. just would need to have time to research. Yeah, it would take some time. That would take some time, but like, it's out there. But if you believe, more. if you believe, gotta believe. But that's see, that's too late. What? That's 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 not retro enough. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to turn this sexy track down, and we're getting to the show, part of the show, we call Bonus Round. Got the beat, the bonus round. You're going to go with the songs on the bonus round. <laughs> yeah, Bonus Round is where we play covers and remixes on our theme, and I could not do a Latin-themed episode um, without... Wait, hold on. Theme your, odd I, themes odd. Did I miss your pick? For the bonus round? No, and I think, for the last track too. I skipped your last track, Pernell. You did, but I was like, "Let it go." See how long till he notices? Really, or did you just not like? Did you just think? No, no, I was letting it run. I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's watch this train roll. You're oh. like, we can't. No one's beating this train. Let's just stop. Womp, womp. <laughs> All right, what you got? Are you are you not proud? Are you not proud of? No, no, no. I'm I'm happy with my track. Okay. I just like I said, I thought it was hilarious. Like how long until he noticed? I went back to my track list. And I'm like, this is really short. Something's missing. <laughs> <laughs> Something's missing. All right, Cordell's last pick. Yeah, what's your and last that, pick? That pick had to come from this game because the entire premise of why we're doing Latin music was started. Okay. By uh, the live episode chat where Mike. Myers had submitted a track from Samba de Amigo, Ooh. which got us all talking, which then went down the rabbit hole to inevitably being doing an episode on Latin music. Um, so I picked a track from said game, Samba de Amigo. The track title is Mambo de Verano, and it's composed by Masaru Setsumaru. Ole. Contigo toda la noche bailaré. 
ritmo de bambú, mambo de verano, me gusta el verano, pero yo tengo que trabajar. Ritmo de bambú, ay que sabroso, ritmo de bambú de mi corazón. Yeah. I got my hit up in there, so I'm good for that. Hit <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening. To, you were listening to Mambo de Verano, Samba de Amigo. It's composed by Masaru, Setsumaru, Maru. Ah! I just make it a person. Oh, that's um, fun. This whole game was so fun. Yeah, it was really fun for people who could actually play it. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Because, um, you know, we're normal height. Yeah, <laughs> the sensors actually work. Now, did you play the Wii version? Because it sounds like this would be perfect on the Wii, right? I actually never got around to playing the Wii version of it. Mm. Because the thing about it is a lot of what made Samba de Amigo cool to me was the actual maracas. Yeah. And the, having the actual maracas like, shimmying when you were playing them. But when it's just Wii motes. Don't get me wrong, it's a functional game, but mm. it's not maracas. And I think, I don't remember, someone might correct me on this, but there may have been, like, maraca Wiimote attachments, but I don't remember those. Probably not. Um, I do remember that um, on the Dreamcast version, because this came out in the arcade first, but, I mean, obviously, I don't think we ever really saw it, but it came out on the Dreamcast, and it came with um, maraca controllers that could, re that could detect uh, the height of where they were. Mm -hmm. um, as long as um, uh, like the horizontal axis as well, so that it could detect um, where you held them. Um, and where was I going with this? Oh, right. Um, the the, the maracas always broke because so many of the poses that you'd have to like strike, mm -hmm. which was which was the best part of the game, was it would like every time like a, a section of the song would like kind of like hit and like a horn section would go, you'd have to like pose and pose. But anytime you would pose with your with your hands together. You get into you get into the song and you'd smash the maracas together and they almost always broke. <laughs> it's like shattered, like beating all over the living room. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's really really cool. Um, I've been reading about this. I didn't know that they added additional modes in the Dreamcast that weren't in the arcade, like the hustle really? mode. Yeah, hustle mode was was added where, like during the pose, you'd have to. It was like it was like twice as many poses during the song, so it encouraged you to sort of just keep shaking and like dance around. Um, oh, that's a cool idea. So yeah, see, I would like to see this come back. Well, now we have mm -hmm. VR technology, and we have the means of pretty much. I mean, it's not hard. It would not be hard. Well, they got to take it back. You yeah. still suck at putting rhythm games mm -hmm. on modern television sets, so it's hard to say. But uh, the, um, if they can get yeah. past that, I would play it on a, a revived Samba de Amiga. You're talking about like a really like like a much more um, like a, a, a much more lighthearted party version of. Beat Saber, except instead of light uh, lightsabers, you have light maracas. Yeah, li light maracas. Yeah. Good, good maracas and evil maracas. Yeah, laser maracas. That's right. <laughs> Powered by the force. Yeah, what, what's like? What's flying at you at that point? Mm, I don't know. The, dan the, the dancing Latin monkey. Salsa, salsa flavor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Sick Latin beats. Avocados. Oh, I would. Hey, I would. I would rhythmic dance to that. I get down to some avocado music. Yes. Had some avocado tonight. Spread it on the toast. <laughs> Samba de burrito, avocado uh, toast. Have you, have you had avocado toast? Is that a thing that you've done? I have not. I actually don't. I'm not big on avocado. Because if I'm not mistaken, oh, really? that's guacamole, right? Guacamole is avocado goo and some gunk. 
Um, yeah, starting a bowl. Imagine mi- mixing avocado and salsa, and they had a baby. And I, yeah, I think you'd ask me, like, hey, Pernell, here's some guacamole before, because you guys made it at your house. Yeah, I make it a lot, yeah. But I think about it, I was like, I don't think it tastes bad by a long shot, but there's something about where when I eat it, I'm like, I don't see what all the fuss is. Like, <laughs> avocado just tastes like at least a less flavorful butter. Mm. Le- <laughs> I like that. Let Christy um, make you some, because it's like, it's that with egg with a lot of spices. Hmm. I think you'd be into it. I'll give that a shot then. Like, like a brunch, like a brunch style version. This is this is a guacamole resurrection hour here. We yeah. gotta make this stuff sing. Maybe not so much guac, but I mean I like guacamole because anything I can do to eat more tortilla chips, I'm into. <laughs> I hear that. It's queso, that's queso. Though. But you're not a cheese guy. No, I'm not. I'm not. Like that. That's that's where that's where we're different, and that that's that's where our differences start. I'm yeah. a cheesy guy. You're yeah. not cheesy. You're all business. Yeah, and suddenly we start. Yeah. It's it's the divide that tears us apart and creates the the fight, the big Avengers oh. fight. <laughs> Cheese, avocado. <laughs> I'm getting angry. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry because I want a lot of cheese. Yeah. And then I start to fart, and no one wants that. Okay, so now this time, for now, this time we're doing the bonus round for reals. Well, bon- you've heard it already. You've bonus it. round. We're you've going there. We're going, we're, going, we're going there. We're going. We're going there. We're going there. All right. So now, this time on the bonus round, I could not do a bonus round without playing music that is arranged and performed by the Mariachi Entertainment System, the MES. Um, so they've done a they've done a, a a great deal of game covers and TV covers. They they do like they're so so good. They played at Magfest um, this past year. Um, they're scheduled for the next Magfest. Fingers crossed that all that works out. Uh, but yeah, it's a mariachi band. Really, really talented uh, group of musicians. And they cover they do some of the best covers of game music. So for this episode and for mainly the reason that we're doing um, a Latin, um, uh, Latin music-focused episode, I had to pick from King of Fighters. So this is Inner Shade from King of Fighters 2000. This is the theme of the Benny Maru team. And it's composed by the SNK... Shinsesekai Gakioku Zatsukuden, which is their sound team, and it is arranged and performed by the Mariachi Entertainment System. What? I don't know. What? I'm getting nervous taking shots now. I don't know why. It's really weird.
horns. Mm, yeah, that was Inner Shade from King of Fighters 2000. That was the theme of Benny Maru's team. And that was arranged by the Mariachi Entertainment System. And yeah, it was. I, I love what they do. I think it's fantastic. I think it's unique. Um, there's no other. There's, there's there's no other that I know of uh, groups out there doing mariachi style game music covers. Um, and um, I want to give a shout out to um, the King of Fighters players because I love King of Fighters as much as I love Street Fighter. And um, there's a great article I'm going to link to it um, in the show notes on Kotaku about how um, how popular King of Fighters is in South America specifically. Um, it's really, it's, it's interesting. I've always like would see tournaments. I'm like, why, why, like what's happening? Um, and it's mainly because, um, in the nineties when street fighter two came out, like it was expensive for the arcade operators to get them. Um, and the people didn't really have home systems, not, not that much because they weren't really being shipped to South America from Nintendo or from Sega, like the Genesis and the, and the super Nintendo for some reason, like they just weren't getting to, um, South America. So um, in the, uh, the the SNK cabinets, you know, the uh, like the CVS cabinets with the cartridges, they were yes. so much cheaper for the for the arcade operators. So they were this, so so King of Fighters was just all over the place, and that's why it became so big there compared to the other guys. Yeah, exactly, and also because it was so much cheaper to to get these games in arcades, like they could charge only a quarter instead of like the fifty cents, which is why I played it so much too. And so King of Fighters just got like, a, like a, a foothold in South America, and it has a huge, huge following, like all over, all over Mexico. Actually, makes me wonder what the sales statistics were for uh, that because there was a period where there was an attempted revival of the King of Fighters mm-hmm, franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it NIST? I'm trying to remember if it was NIST that published or Exceed or something, but it was like King of Fighters 14, I think it was. It's- and it got a had a nice LE edition and everything. Yeah, it looks but, great, but I, I don't know if people got into it. I know the um, um, uh, Samurai Showdown reboot got a huge like people love that one. Mm. Yeah, really yeah, that cool. one looks it's like watercolors though. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah, the um, they try to re, re when they re try to reboot King of Fighters. It was like King of Fighters twelve or thirteen. It looked bad. I was Atlas. <laughs> Atlas was the ones that published it. Yeah. Okay, because it was the I first it was one time, of those guys. It was like one of the first times they tried to get into like three D, but it wasn't great and i was like why wouldn't they just stick to like beautiful 2d sprites like that's what it's, they've always been good at but because there's that sense of feeling like they have to evolve with the current standing i know and like okay we can roll with the punches now it's like a, re- a retro 2d 15 or something yeah I, I don't know but it's it's still an amazing amazing game I, it's very it's 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 so it's still a fighting game but it's very different from street fighter it's it's a lot of fun the characters are really interesting a lot of snk classic characters are throughout the game like the Ikari Warriors are in it, um, uh, Athena. So it's it's cool. It's it's I, I like it a lot. Um, so it's amazing, like Athena from. I think about I think about Athena, and I'm pretty sure if someone told me they're the same Athena, but I think about that old NES and Athena game, and I'm like, how yeah. in the world did they go from that to this character? Yeah, it's, in King it, is of Fighters? it is the same. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she gets none of that equipment in the actual King of Fighters games. Go no, figure. no, no, she doesn't. <laughs> Make no sense. Um, but yeah, but no, they've got all the characters from um, fi- uh, uh, Fatal Fury, isn't it? And Art of Fighting. That was mainly where this came from. It was like Art of Fighting, Fatal Fury, and then some other SNK characters. And they made it the King of Fighters, you know, put them all together. 
the one royalty, the royalty fighter. I don't think royalty fighters. I don't think anyone from World Heroes made it into it. I don't know why, but that was like a weird one that they that was on the SNK cabinets too. Remember World I Heroes? Like they, oh yeah, I must say I don't think I yeah. feel like they would fit the they wouldn't fit the character roster too well. But then again, I guess King of Fighters characters kind of go all over the place too. But still, yeah, there were like, there were some strange ones, like Charlotte. She was like a, she was a knight, basically like a knight fencer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to find these characters. It was like one was like a wrestler. Uh, there was the ninjas. Then they did not look very good. Um, <laughs> there was one guy who was clearly like Bison, but he was like a robot man. A robot man. Yeah, this game didn't look great. <laughs> at the time, it looked good, but I don't think it. Maybe I, it just I, didn't. I remember at the time it being kind of weird too, but. At least it was like no, they made a few of them. Oh, I came out on Game Boy. That's crazy. Okay, I, I'm done. <laughs> it was, there was a lot of there was a lot of demakes for Game Boy because Game Boy was extremely popular. Yeah. So companies were trying to double tap on it. And the beautiful thing about the Game Boy, which I did like, and I wish more companies did it, was that uh, a number of companies would take a game and pretty much make a brand new game. Yeah, that's right. And with the same name, like Mega Man, was a good example of that because there was Mega Man one, two, three, four, five on there, but. N- they reused bosses, but redid all the stages and mixed up all the bosses between the games. So, like, Mega Man 2 actually had bosses from Mega Man 2 and 3 in it. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, what happens if you use the Metal Blades against... Or not the Metal Blades. I don't think you got the Metal Blades in that one. But basically, let's just say you did, because I don't remember. What if you use the Metal Blades against Top Man? How would that play out? I was like, well, now you can find out in this Mega Man Mega Mix. Like, that's like the dream I've always had for Mega Man, and the closest we've ever come to that was those Game Boy games. Like, what if they just took all the bosses and shuffled them? That would be cool. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, so the characters in World Heroes—they're based on—they're um, based on like historical characters, like historical figures, possibly heroic historical figures. Yeah, like a wizard from around the world. A wrestler, a wizard from around the world, from all over the world, globally. And they're not there to be friends, Pernell. They're not there to make friends. <laughs> they, we didn't come here to make friends. <laughs> they didn't come there to make friends. God, I, reality TV. All right, Pernell, what's your bonus round? All right, so this was a pretty easy. I'm lucky. I luckily, I was lucky to stumble into this because I did my usual shtick. Oh yeah. When I don't know the theme too well, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take the theme. I'm gonna take a game. Okay. I'm gonna combine the two. First good track I hear out of three. Mm-hmm. Well, that's say the first. Basically, I listen to three tracks, three good tracks, and my favorite out of those three. Yeah. Didn't even take that long because this one was so solid. I was like, screw it, I'm done. Um, this comes from the game Mega Man 6. My favorite Robot Masters theme in the game, too, which is Centaur Man. Hmm. This is a Latin rock cover composed by 130 Grit. <laughs>
welcome back. I am sad that that track ended, but it had to stop sometime. And that time is now. What track was that? The Latin rock cover of the Centaur Man theme from the game <laughs> Mega Man 6, composed by 130 Grit. That still cracks me up. Every time you say Centaur Man, I'm still laughing. It makes a funny thing, too. If I'm not mistaken, I should look it up. I think Centaur Man was one of the Nintendo contest you know, fan-created uh, robot I think so. masters. I thought that was Skull Man. No, nah, Nightman was one of them, and I think Centaur Man was the other. Oh my god, it's so cent like because you can't you can't say Centaur Horse, you know. But it's a Centaur Man. <laughs> That's so good. That was a great cover. I'm gonna look up more from this artist. This is good. He's a piece of beast. Yeah, man. Well, for the more information, hmm? yep. I'm sorry, I was gonna cut you off. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? I'm just cutting you off for now. But um, yeah, for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to their SoundClouds and Bandcamps and where you can download the music and buy the music and support these artists. Thanks for joining us on episode 22-10 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our Latin music focus. And what a focus. It turned out better than I thought it would. Yeah, this is great. I loved I loved all of our picks to this 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 uh, episode. We should do more like musical style genre. Um, they take a definite bit of work though, so I'm <laughs> yeah. almost ready to let other people like, okay, do this style and then gives us time to come up with them. Okay, yeah, yeah. So maybe next week we'll do like it's so it's easier for you. It's like games about people wearing glasses. Okay. <laughs> that I can do. Okay, but then, then, then a while from now, that's when we do our funk show. <laughs> that's right, funktastic, psychedelic funkadelic. Yeah, it's got to be um, uh, 1990s UK big beat music. <laughs> I would listen to that. Listen to that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was this was a, a really fun one to pick from. Um, a really fun one to listen to. Um, I, I think I want to do like a mixtape of this episode. Just put all the music together because this was a, this was really cool. And Fun fact for those listening: I actually knocked my microphone off the desk from dancing to one of the tracks. Oh, that was a trip. I thought like yeah, I thought you sounded like you were like it was close or booming or something. I, I don't know. No, I was actually the microphone just rolling across the floor. <laughs> it was great. Good, 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 good work for now. Just thankfully, <laughs> it still functions. It is still working, folks. That's good. It's sounding better every every week. This uh, remote remote um, podcasting is getting better and better. I know a lot of other podcasts out there already do things remotely, but this is like really new to us. Um, That's for sure. Because usually you're sitting right next to me in the yeah, hot seat. Like That's right. There's a quiz time. Oh crap! You can actually see me sweat. <laughs> yeah, I actually have like sound paneling all around that corner of the office so that there's no reflections on your voice. You know, it's like this is the, this is where you sit. <laughs> it's my zone. It's so empty over there. <laughs> it's just got a chair for the cat to sit on. Yeah, it still smells like you, but hey, still got Wait. crumbs on the floor. <laughs> okay, that I'm proud. Of. <laughs> yeah, you should be. <laughs> all my, all my lunchables. Now your lunchables. All, all of your um, hers, hers potato chip bags. Sweet, sweet lunchables. I'm stacking them up and putting a big smiley face. I'm talking, talking to a. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Purdue. Yeah, 
You're real quiet over there, huh? It's okay. <laughs> what are you still doing in my house? <laughs> Don't you give me that look. <laughs> well, if uh, for our listeners, if you'd like to get in contact with us, if you have any track suggestions or topic suggestions, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for more information about our show, including a full track listing from all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, please go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. I mean, you definitely go there if you want to see some of or listen to some of our earlier stuff um, because the feed only carries 150 episodes and we've got like 210 or 20, something like that out there. So how long did you guys think Check we would make it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Neither of us thought we'd be in the 200s. I think we're getting our five year pretty soon. And that'll be or the end awesome. Of the yeah, that'd be pretty great. Um, yeah, so check that out. Go to youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels. There you get, um, you can check out, um, uh, we have, uh, sorry, the audio from all of our episodes are getting uploaded there as well. If that's where you listen to your podcasting. And we also have a 24 seven, uh, live stream, like video music, radio stream of eight bit and 16 bit classics. My brain is like all going all over. Um, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. Um, and there you will get access to prequel episodes every week. Um, so the day before an episode comes out, it's usually me and Pernell or me and Pernell and our guest hanging out, chatting, talking about stuff, usually Shooting not the breeze. Yeah. Video game related, not video game related. It gets, we talk about, you know, our lives a little bit more there and that's cool. And you also get access to a live streamed episode every month, um, where we record our show in front of a live streamed audience. That's crazy, right? And, and, <laughs> and really soon we're going to have a really special t- uh, uh, tiered um, uh, not tiered things that we, we can give out so um, we're hammering out the details and we're going to have that out pretty soon because it's going to take a little extra work um, on my end so I want to make sure I'm prepared to let this thing go but um, I'm really excited about that so once that's, once that's out there we'll probably retroactively allow it for whoever's in our Patreon list and we'd like to thank all of those on our Patreon list at the end of every episode. Um, and last week I did the Pokemon rap. So if you've missed that, definitely go back. He's like, I do that again. I can't, I can't, not that, that this week anyway. Maybe I'll, I'll change it up. But I'd like to start with that Nick Walker, Mike Myers. We also have a brand new Patreon member. It is Sonic Medley. So it's like a vegetable medley, but with Sonic the Hedgehog characters. Ew, no. Uh, no. But that that's where all of your water chestnuts went, Pernell. Oh, to the Sonic Medley. In the Sonic Medley. Um, I'd like to thank Taco, Harold Howard, David Taylor, Reinhardt Zelkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast. Brian Pitt, Buttsbo, Hammock from KVGM The Last Wave. Hammock! Uh, Johan Perez, Bruce Irons of the Mad Gear Band. Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy podcast. Alexander Proudfoot, Davy Cakes, Das Dude, Da Last Weekend. Bedroth from VGM, a very good music podcast. Kitsurito, Solus Sanctuary, Mix Six Master, Damian Beckles, Vajovasalo, OK Impala, Chris Murray, Chris Steenerson, Alex the Messenger Messenger, host of The Messenger Presents, a VGM podcast, and David Smith. 
thank you all of you very much for your continued support of the show um, and if we get more uh, subscribers and members then I'm just this the end of the show is going to get that much longer is it what's going <laughs> to happen <laughs> that would be a trip like well wouldn't that be something we have to get so many followers that somehow we just have to have a separate recording no. just to read all, all the people each week no, I, download I, the supplement the supplemental <laughs> Patreon name read off podcast this used to be so fast, and now it's, now it's not. But uh, it's, I'm going to start having more fun with it. So making songs and stupid things. There was a suggestion for us to do a um, like a, like another Mega Man boss battle type thing or like a Pokemon fight where we have suggested tracks and we play them against each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have an, a poll running while we record the show. That's the dangerous thing. I feel like I want to do that, but mm-hmm. I'm always anxious about stuff that requires on-the-fly listener input. Yeah, yeah. So I'm anxious about that, but I like the idea of giving advance notice, and then we don't look at the results somehow. I'm not well, sure how we would do that, but... Well, I, I have some ideas to work around some of that, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you know at the end of this the show. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, so it, I think it would work pretty well, but and it'd be fun to listen to, so... We can make it real silly and a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks, for everyone, for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a safe week. Please be safe. Definitely be safe. And remember, as I don't think this is exclusive to America, so this actually probably applies to all of our international listeners, too. Um, a lot of our countries are looking to start opening up more towards, like, not necessarily like business as usual, but a more active business scope. And in the process of that, we need to remember that there are a number of people, most likely seniors amongst us, that will likely have a tougher time of that return to order than a number of us would. So it may seem a little bit like extra work or effort, but if you can, find it in your hearts and times to... Look out towards some of the seniors, you know, in your community. If you know some older people, elderly folks in your apartment or on your block that could possibly use a little bit of extra support in this time, maybe, I don't know, make some grocery runs for them or just the occasional errand so they don't have to be out there in the crowds doing it, you know, just make that effort because even if it's thankless in some weird way, it's just something that's worth doing. You know you're providing a service to people who clearly need it, it's just worth it. So give it a shot. You got nothing to really lose on helping someone else in need.